0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Snap down, the kick is up, and the kick is good! Here's Lane! Huskers win it 13-10! to 10. They beat Northwestern and go to 4-2. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin and welcome sports alley another week here on a monday night greg sharp ben mclaughlin with you glad you dialed us up here to start off another week and into a sun's out beautiful outside i got shorts on kind of feels like springtime around here
1: yeah the grass is greening up around the neighborhood um you know everybody out working on their lawns and their gardens and it you know, it sounds so cliche, but to add a little sunshine, you know, metaphorically on just what's been a really dark time over the last few weeks, too, it's amazing what some nice weather does to to your attitude and, you know, being out there and grill and, you know, seeing people out washing their cars and working on
0: their lawns, and everyone just seems to be in a good mood. Sure does. And, you know, listening to Tim's sports ticker put me in a good mood because you, today you had a lot of movement from the PGA announcing that the masters is going to go to november they're moving the u.s open to september i don't know if they know something ben or if they're reading some tea leaves but they're they're obviously anticipating getting some big events in before we put 20 to 20 to bed here in about eight nine months yeah i'm all about it you know i was actually thinking about that today i
1: drove by a couple of of courses uh, close to my house and saw a lot of people out playing and made me just really miss, you know, sitting on my couch watching golf and watching some of the, you know, this is supposed to be master's week and you know, yeah. to not have that. And, um, you know, again, just having more norms taken away from us it it makes you appreciate what you had before and now i can't wait to see see that back in action again i know there was you know some rumors going around about phil mickelson and tiger woods you know putting something on for all for us all and i think that would be one of the most watched events you know in recent memory for any sports fan whether you liked golf or not it was a live it would be a live sporting (laughs) event um you know if that could happen that'd be awesome but to just have the tournaments
0: back uh here soon would be great Yeah, I mean, when you start seeing stuff put back on the calendar instead of things being taken off... To me, anybody that's kind of looking for a ray of sunshine or a light at the end of the tunnel, whatever phrase you want to put at, when when I saw that this morning, it made me smile that, okay, we maybe do get back to some some normal things before too long. Well, quite a bit has happened since our last show on Thursday as it relates to Husker sports. Quite a bit reverts to, to basketball. Uh, we're going to talk some women's hoops a little bit later on in the hour with Sam McCune of the Omaha World Herald. He covers Amy Williams' squad that lost a big-time player in Leah Brown, but also got a huge commitment for the 2021 class uh, over the weekend as well. But I'm going I'm to go to the men's side, Ben, as they did pick up the commit from Trey McGowan's, the, the man from the University of Pittsburgh, six foot four guard, averaged over 11 points a game as a true freshman at Pitt. And um, he, had, he had some high, sc- high majors looking at him. Auburn, who was in the Final Four a year ago, was on his list of his Final Three or Four teams, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, all right in there. McGowan said that he had a bit of a relationship Relationship with Matt Abdel-Mossi. abdel had been recruiting his brother at one point in time, so he was familiar with Matt uh, that maybe helped Nebraska get a, a foot in the door a little bit here. But, you know, last week we told you Cam Mack was, was no longer be a part of the roster to open up another spot on the, on the scholarship chart, and Trey McGallan's jumped right in without ever having come to Lincoln and taken a personal visit here. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. McGowan's another
1: you know top one hundred, top one hundred and fifty guy coming out of high school. Um, go figure, Matt Abdelmassi in on a transfer recruit uh, <laughs> and having relationship. You know, in this case, in the Northeast again, he's just a wizard. I mean, he just has to find a way to to relate, to get on the same page, and you know, really sell these athletes on. On what what makes Nebraska great, and what's make, makes Coach, Coach Hoiberg's offense, you know, one that they want to play in, um, and you know, McGowan's was one of the highest rated uh, transfers out in the country Nebraska is now two of the top five in that regard uh, with Kobe King coming over from Wisconsin and now McGowan's so you know you add a, a couple of parts and again we're anticipating him to have to sit out I'm sure a waiver or an appeal will be filed but you just never know on that it's whatever the NCAA feels that day that they wake up is their decision but um, you know you're starting to, to get some bona fide division one talent And as we're finding out, with 500, 600, 700 players in this transfer portal, uh, there are some really quality players out there to get. And like I said on the show on Friday, or Thursday rather, you know, if – if you're an NCAA Division One Power Five team and you're not looking at the transfer portal, you're doing yourself a massive disservice. I mean, you could arguably build a better on-floor team today with transfers than you could with, uh, with incoming freshmen. Now, you don't want to completely build your roster around transfers, but if those great players are out there and they're going to help you win games and help you get to an NCAA tournament, you go take them, especially when you have the departures that Nebraska's had. Greg, that's the amazing thing, and I was thinking about that this weekend when McGowan's transferred. You think about what Nebraska has lost, right? I mean you lose you lose a Cam Mack, you lose Hanif Cheatham, you lose Samari Curtis who was a all everything point guard top 100 type player from Ohio and you really don't feel like you're in that worse of shape roster wise with what Nebraska has either sitting out last year or brought in with commits and that's amazing to think about the caliber of players and what those players meant to Nebraska while they were here um, and to really not miss a beat In terms of what you know, have that significant drop-off. I mean, you think about if you're relating this to football, right? I mean, Cam Mack was a point guard. Adrian Martinez is your quarterback. It's like you lose you lose one of your your top players. And then you, the other guy that you brought in is just as highly thought of, if not a higher ceiling than the guy you already brought in, and, and that can be applied to more than just one position. You know, on the Husker football team, if you're making that analogy to Husker basketball, that's the amazing thing about it. Is you know, you lose Cam, you lose Hanif, you know, you lose Samari, you lose Gervais, and you really don't feel like your roster's in that worse of shape than than what it was. That's pretty amazing. I
0: would almost argue. Upgrade, 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 upgrade. I, I kind of feel like they've gotten better players that have accomplished more at the Division One level. Uh, even with the Kobe Webster, the young man from Western Illinois, that was a All Summit League performer, who's going to be here. The senior, he's a graduate transfer. Ben, I think there's an I think there's a better than fifty-fifty chance than McGowan's plays this next year. I think with all that we're going through right now with this virus and all the disruption that it has had for the college game – I think the NCAA is going to pass a one-time transfer rule this summer. I think they're going to get this thing going. And so I wouldn't give up on the fact that McGowan's plays in November for Nebraska and not have to wait for another 12 months. I think there's a good chance this kid plays. And, Ben, this is a guy that torched Louisville for 33 points. I mean, we I, I mentioned the average a little over 11 a game at Pitt. 33 points against a top-five team in Louisville. This guy can play. Yeah.
1: And I, and I and you know you look at the other situations too with Kobe King and um, you know really the bizarre circumstances that led to his departure from Wisconsin with the allegations that that were thrown out uh, of a strength staff member there. I mean, the NCAA has granted waivers for worse. Oh, and yeah. I think and I think you know with this virus with just kind of everything with 600 players in this portal, it wouldn't shock me if the NCAA is like, "All right, you know what? Let's just start over clean." slate um you know everybody who's in that you know appeal process or is fighting for that year back let's just grant it and move on give everybody some roster relief it wouldn't shock me at all if that was the case but i don't i can't ever
0: predict what the ncaa is going to do so (laughs) no no, it wouldn't shock me but i could definitely see it happening i I understand I, i just i just i think there's some strong momentum for that happening sooner than later and maybe Maybe it's the NCAA's poker chip in this whole name image likeness roulette wheel that we're about to jump into. Maybe they go, well, okay, well we, we conceded on that, but we don't want to give guys the ability to go make extra money by doing stuff on social uh, media and that type of thing so maybe it's their olive branch to go okay we don't like that thing we don't like the NIL thing but we're going to let guys for, do a one time transfer and we'll start it immediately we'll, we'll see I mean that, that's for decision down the road nevertheless Kitty McGowan thinks a big time get for Fred Hoiberg and Husker basketball and you add him with the two Kobe's that they picked up we're still about nine days we're a week from Wednesday is the opening of the, the spring signing period and that's when Teddy Allen and, and uh, Lat and all get signed for Nebraska as well. So it's going to be a huge it – it's It's going to be a different kind of roster, but I, I would argue upgrade, upgrade, upgrade almost across the board with guys who've left the program in the last – either whether it was graduation or just walked away in the last month to what's coming into the program. I'm very, very excited about that. Also wanted to tip our cap here in the opening comments to Indama Sue. The NFL came out with their all-decade team earlier today, and the big fella – was named a member of the all-decade team. It's really going to be interesting with and Ben because he hasn't really played very many playoff games. I know he was with the Rams a year ago when they made the Super Bowl run and got beaten that low-scoring, that really brutally tough game to watch with the Patriots, but he hasn't been in a lot of playoff games, but he's made a lot of Pro Bowls. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer at the NFL level? I don't know that he quite matches up to that level, but when you make an all-decade team, you're probably with you got you're in the discussion, right? of, of being an all pro guy. Or an yeah, all of Yeah,
1: and I think part of that too goes it it speaks a little bit to the to the quality and caliber of position uh, of your era. So, you know, you think back to that draft with Indomican. he's going to get compared a ton to Gerald McCoy. That was the big debate, right? Indomican from Nebraska or Gerald from Oklahoma. You know, that was the big debate. Who was going to be the better one? They both turned out to have really good careers. I don't think it's insane to say that Indomican's kind of been one step ahead in terms of production of McCoy. Now, they've both yep. been wildly productive. Neither one is a bust by any stretch of the imagination. But you think about other just quality defensive tackles or interior defensive linemen around this time and you know there are some there are some good ones there's no doubt but uh, I don't know that there's a ton of off the page hall of famers you know at the defensive tackle position in the game right now you know there are a handful that are you know borderline interior guys guys that you know might be ends might be characterized as ends might be characterized as three four outside backers But, you know, without doing like a ton of research, I don't know that there's a a bunch of guys that just jump right off the page at you other than maybe Aaron Donald that are going to be that are that are going to be surefire Hall of Famers. And and I would say that they're even that's starting to get a little bit too far. I mean, Aaron Donald still got some good football in front of him before he hangs it up. I mean, I think Indomitian has has stood out as one of the elite defensive lineman, defensive tackles since he's joined the league. And it'll be interesting to see if that helps or hurts him uh, by not having, you know, the best or, or, you know, competition at a level that, at, say, corner or
0: quarterback or running back where there are surefire Hall of Fame guys around him. Yeah, g- great to see that. And when you get – you know, I, I've thought about this a little bit over the last couple of years. Is he a Hall of Famer? And I, in, in my mind, he may come up just short of that. But when you get named an all-decade team, which means you're one of the top four guy, defensive linemen in the NFL for an entire decade, that's that's Hall of Fame worthiness. So we'll, we'll continue to follow it. Obviously, Indomitian's probably right toward the end of the line. This is the guy that played his last college football. Game in 2009. We're 2020 now. Uh, he's had a heck of a career in the NFL, but we certainly wanted to point that out that he got made, named that earlier today. How awesome! How awesome was Friday night, our greatest games. Reliving the 1971 game of the century with Oklahoma and Nebraska and hearing the great Lyle Bremser call that game. That was so much fun to listen to. I hope people had a chance to hear that on Friday night. Coming up this Friday, we have a really good game from the 80s this time, 1988. So KP will be on the call to this one. And this was the Oklahoma State game in 1988 between Barry Sanders, who had a terrific career at Oklahoma State, and then Ken Clark, who had a great day for Nebraska. So Steve Taylor. Steve had impressive numbers that day in a 63 42 Husker win over Oklahoma State. I think there were eight touchdowns like in the first quarter or something like that. It was was wild. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun to listen to on Friday night. Our greatest games brought to you by the Nebraska Lottery. Sports Nightly here on the Hosker Sports Network, and we head now to our Woodhouse Auto Family Sports Nightly hotline and are joined by Sam McEwen of the Omaha World-Herald. You can also read Sam's work online at Omaha.com. Sam, thanks for being with us here tonight. I hope you and your family are safe and healthy tonight.
2: We are. We are. Thanks for asking that. Um, it's allergy season, so <laughs> we got a little bit of that, Ugh. but, but uh, you know, I mean, that, that comes around the McEwen household every spring so outside of that i think we're doing okay and and just uh we're staying socially distant we're not going out a lot go to the grocery store once a week we're doing what people ask us to do and uh so far it's, it's been okay we're we're, we're we're battling through with the kids in school it, lincoln public Schools has done a good job and we're just doing the best we can with with uh trying to work and kind of do the education stuff too <laughs>
0: Well, very good. Good to hear that. It's been such an unusual time, and you know, let's start with some Husker football chatter. The, the the guys got a couple of practices in before it got shut down. How much of a disadvantage is this for a program like Nebraska that didn't get postseason last year and missed out on those extra practice sessions? How damaging can that be for this program?
2: Well, it, it's it's a disadvantage. Um, you know, the, the bowl thing is a disadvantage in and of itself uh there were there were two teams that got quite a few spring practices in purdue and northwestern in the big 10 uh, a bunch didn't get any uh illinois didn't get any for example i think minnesota got a couple maybe four or five um a lot of schools didn't get a ton those bull practices certainly would have helped uh with some of the younger players at nebraska um and then the spring camp would have helped with some of the early enrollees i don't know if any of those were, those guys were going to play right away, but um, we actually are doing sort of a ranking of the position groups that were most affected by this spring shutdown within Nebraska. And I would say that the group that was most affected partially because it takes time to develop chemistry and because I think they have more questions on at that, that position than maybe some others do is the defensive line. Uh, I think they've got good players there but I don't think they have any sort of entrenched starters outside of Ben Stilley. Um, I think there's a conventional thinking, well, they're just going to plug Damian Daniels in there and they're going to plug De'Andre Thomas in there. Well, those two guys were only averaging about 15 to 20 snaps a game last year. And that, that isn't; those aren't starter numbers. And so um, Stilley obviously can do it. He's shown that. Um, but there's not a lot of other guys on that line that have shown they can go out in, in, a, in a full Big Ten football game um, and get the job job. The most exposure that any of those guys have gotten collectively as a group was against Wisconsin, and they did okay. Um, you know, Damian Daniels and Carlos Davis were out that day, and, you know, Nebraska did okay, but they still gave up more than 300 yards, and I think about seven yards a carry. So um, that group, I think, was heavily affected. I think your special teams, um, you know your skill player your specialists can kind of do some stuff on their own they don't maybe need as much coaching um, but you know you're, you're going to a new special teams model your two practices in and then it gets cut off i think that's tough i think that's kind of a tough deal and and obviously you know the wide receivers uh, now that's that position is unique in the sense that some of the guys that you think are going to start aren't aren't here yet Omar Manning is is going to is projected to be a starter, regardless of who you talk to, and he wasn't going to be in spring anyway. Um, but but there's a lot of guys there that obviously are affected, and you wanted to see some chemistry build up. So uh, Nebraska has some positions that I think are very affected by this. It has some other positions that I think will be okay. I think the secondary is going to be all right, um, even though they didn't get the practices. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely hurts the Huskers.
0: We had Scott Frost on the program about a week ago, and he did say the coaches are talking on a regular basis. They're doing some of those Zoom meetings, which we're all now getting acquainted with with the word Zoom Mm -hmm. meetings uh, in this Mm -hmm. normal that we're living in here. How much are are they getting done on the recruiting trail? How much have you been able to see that they're out getting offers out and doing that type of thing?
2: They're getting a lot done. Um, They've they've made some, some good inroads with 2021 and 2022 prospects so um, they're doing a lot of offering of 2022 guys, especially quarterbacks. They got some of those evaluations done in the spring, or I'm sorry, in January. Um, and they have, you know, they're going to lose the May evaluation period, which stinks. But they had done a really good job on the 2021 prospects already. And so now that's more about um, lining up your, your ducks and putting them in a row, figuring out the guys that you think you might be able to pull as a commit, and kind of going from there. Um, now, Nebraska obviously wants to bring some guys in and visits, and they won't be able to do that, and that's too bad. But um, it won't surprise me if they get another commit or two here in April. It won't surprise me at all, actually. Um, they got Christopher Paul a couple of weeks ago. And I, I could see Nebraska getting a couple more. Um, there's some Big Ten teams that are doing a lot of work. Rutgers is, is probably the, the most active of all the Big Ten teams, and that doesn't surprise you too much because they got a new coach, and he's he's tapping in all his old contacts and getting commits that way. But um, all the Big Ten teams, with the exception of Michigan State, have a commit during this this time period, and and uh, I'm sure they're going to get more. Uh, I think there's been 28 commits, maybe 29 commit uh, since March 13th, which is when you know everything kind of shut down. So 29 commit since then. Uh, that's a lot. And I expect Nebraska to get maybe one or two more here in April.
0: Sam McEwen's with us from the Omaha World Herald. You can read his work online at omaha.com. He also covers Husker women's basketball. And there's where some news has been popping up, Sam, over the last five yeah. to 10 days. Three players leave the program, uh, highlighted by Leah Brown's uh, desertion, and looks like she's going to go to Michigan. Well, what's What's your feeling? What's going on with this program?
2: Yeah, that, that, that switch to Michigan happened fast. Uh, she told Amy Williams on Thursday she was going to, she was leaving, and then all of a sudden on Sunday she's ready to go to Michigan. So I don't know exactly what happened there, but um, here's what I would say. Uh, the first two departures of Ashton Verbeek and Caleb Marchand, um obviously disappointing, not necessarily surprising to the staff, and it's pretty clear that one of those decisions, Verbeek, was made – irrespective of Nebraska. She's going home to Dort College, uh, not Stuart University, I guess. Um, going back to her hometown, she wants to, a completely different kind of life experience um, than she had at Nebraska. I mean, she was a starter in the Big Ten and um, did played well, and people liked her. She liked people. She just wants to go home. Leah Brown uh, is a stunner, and, and that's a tough one. That's a huge impact for, for Nebraska. She's a really good player. She was tough. Uh, she was willing to go into the lane and draw fouls and get to the line. Uh, she didn't start. She came off the bench, and and uh, I think you can probably wonder if the, if her starting would have changed things. I'm not sure it would have, but it might have. Uh, and with her departure, you know, Nebraska really, really uh, is is probably not quite in reload mode. Um, I thought if it was just Mershon and Verbeek, uh, it, it, it was going to be all right. In fact, it might have been better because they probably had too many players in the front court and they have to share minutes among five players. Uh, with Brown leaving, now you got you got some issues, especially on the scoring front. Leah was probably going to average 18, 19 points a game next year um, with more time on the court. So what that means is that they've got to find either a graduate transfer who can come in and and score, you know, nine, ten points a game, which I don't know if that player's out there in women's basketball right now, and I don't know if that player's going to go to Nebraska, or Taylor Kissinger, who, for what it's worth, I think has as much talent as Leah and is a better shooter. Um, Taylor has the ability to be a really, really good player at Nebraska. It's time for her to reach her ceiling, and maybe this isn't exactly the timeline on which anybody hoped it would have to happen, but but. Kissinger has the ability to score 17, 18 19 points a game. Uh, she's tall she's about six one one and a half six two she can shoot the three. she's not quite as physical as Leah but but she's got ability in the lane uh, and she can hit free throws and so Taylor is a is, has, has capabilities a leader as well and if she can make that Jeep that jump and she's healthy, um, then they could be all right. Um, I think the freshman they have coming in, the ones from Australia, she's pretty good. And this gal from Minnesota, uh, Annika Stewart, uh, her older sister was at Iowa, and Annika's back. And, and, better. and she, she had a really good senior year. So the gal they got coming in from Minnesota, who kind of flew under the radar because she moved from North Dakota to Minneapolis like when she was a sophomore, but she's pretty good. And so I don't think their front court's going to have a problem. The back court is a real question mark. And to me, just based on covering women's basketball for a long time, women's basketball is a guard game. If you don't have guards, it's hard to, it's hard to win big. So this is, a, this is a tough time for Amy Williams. She's going to have to find a graduate transfer out there that, that can come in and help them.
0: Now the bad news of the Leah Brown may be offset somewhat by a pretty good commitment that program got right over the weekend. It was, it's not for the 20, 2021 season, but for the, for the next year after that, this, this guy, what, top 50 player that they got committed?
2: Yeah, she's really good. Uh, Another girl whose sister played at Iowa. Uh, So Kendall Coley is this player's name. Uh, She's 6'2", shooter, wing, very athletic, very good player. Uh, Her older sister, Chase, uh, started for three years at Iowa, Um, just like uh, Annika Stewart's sister started at Iowa as well. Um, And I think those two were actually teammates. Uh, So um, it's a good pickup for Nebraska. This is somebody who can come in and, you know, do a lot of things i mean she can score 10 11 points a game she can get six or seven rebounds she can get three or four assists she's sort of an all-around player and she can play defense uh and so um yeah that that was a that was a really good pickup they she had great offers um in nebraska which has recruited really well in the minnesota area minneapolis area uh was able to get her and so that that helped they have a good 2021 class. Kendall Moriarty is also in that class. She's probably the best defender in the Midwest, and I'm not exaggerating there. Uh, she's she's going to be a lockdown defender. And then Allison Widener out of Humphrey St. Francis is a really nice player too. So, um, yeah, they're they, Amy Williams and her staff can recruit. It's not it's not a question. They they've gotten good players. I think the question now is, can you develop them? And get them to the point where they're really good. And Kissinger is a place to start. Kissinger is the highest-rated recruit they've had. She was a five-star coming out of high school, and it's time for for her, uh, a smart, talented, leadership-oriented player, to really be as good as she can be. And if and if she reaches her potential, um, they could be better than people expect.
0: Very good, Sam. Good stuff as always. We appreciate it. Glad to hear you're doing well, and let's hope uh, we get some normalcy back and we're at press conferences again and talking about action on the field. That'll that'll make everybody happy.
2: Amen. I'm looking at June. I'm rooting for June, Greg.
0: Oh, we all were. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> appreciate it. Oscar Women's Gymnastics Coach Heather Bring joining us tonight. Coach, thank you so much for being with us. I hope you and your family are healthy.
3: We're doing all right. Thanks for having us, Greg. Just all trying to stay busy
0: crazy crazy times and i i wanted to get you on because you you were one of the sports that kind of had your the end of your season snipped you didn't get a chance to compete in your league meet or the NCAA meet i know that had to be really challenging and difficult for you and all the athletes who put in so much time to to get to the pinnacle part of your season how how crazy was that 48 hour period of time when you kind of were learning that this thing might be over
3: yeah i mean it's it's Definitely heart-wrenching. Um, you know, you you work all preseason and all uh, of your regular season and and the hopes and the promise of postseason. Um, so to have that cut a little bit short is definitely definitely heartbreaking. Um, you know, spe- specifically for our seniors. But I think you know we we were starting to watch things unfold online uh, on social media and and kind of knew what was coming. Uh, it was it, it was a hard message to deliver to the team, um, and and hard to you know hear their heartbreaks too.
0: Maybe even more so for your seniors, right? I mean, Tater Houchin and Sierra Hazen oh. were just terrific competitors for you yeah. for four years. To have that come to an end for them, that has to just be really heartbreaking.
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, I called them ahead of time uh, before we actually had the entire team meeting. Um, and just kind of sat on the phone with them and and cried, um, and listened. Uh, I mean, there's there's not a lot of words you can can say other than to just be there in support of them, knowing uh, the hard work and the dedication that they put in, not only to this year but into gymnastics in general. It's it's a sport that a lot of these kids start at a very young age and they've done, um, you know, all the way through through college. So you're looking at you know 18. 17, 18 years. Um, and now it just comes to an end like that in the blink of an eye. And uh, there's, I, I, can't, I can't change the outcome. So all I can do is, is uh, you know, stand beside them, love and support them through it and, and let them know what they meant to uh, our program and, and, uh, and the team.
0: You didn't even get their senior night in. I think that was maybe your I next know. meet was your yeah. senior night. Uh, yeah. have, you, have you thought about maybe trying to honor them next season at some point in time, or is that even doable?
3: You know, we're still kind of talking through some of this. What's the best way to make them feel honored? Um, I want to do it in a way that's really thought through because I want it to be special. I don't want to, you know, just do something on the whim. Uh, we were hoping to maybe still host their senior night dinner. Uh, Once they canceled our meet and then the, you know, then the NCAA came out and said you couldn't even have organized uh, team activities, which a dinner was included in that. So I had to cancel that as well. Um, So just just trying to work through with all of our our support staff and and the people um, at Husker Vision and in our digital uh, department on on what's the best way to do this. and, And do they have ideas Uh, that would make it even extra special um you'll you'll never relive that moment and unfortunately you're right it was taken from them um but i want to be able to to honor their their legacy and and what they brought to the program in a way that makes them feel um like we appreciate what they what they committed to us
0: we're visiting Husker Women's Gymnastics Coach Heather Brink here on Sports Island on the Husker Sports Network. As you reflect back on the year, Coach, how, how do you how do you look at 2020 for your team and your season? I know you didn't have the capping part of postseason, but how did you feel like the team progressed?
3: You know, I thought this year was, was good for us. I think we were looking really good going into, uh, into postseason. Uh, we got to move into our new facility. I think that that was uh, a big mark for us, um, and and their training was starting to to show those those improvements by just being in that new facility. Um, really looking forward to to the excitement and the the team camaraderie that comes with postseason. I think looking forward, uh, you know, I, I'm the type of person that that once I commit to something, I'll see that all the way through the year, and then I like to take. Uh, you know, second to step back, be able to assess uh, what I think worked well, what I think we need to work to improve on um, and really uh, take those steps, you know, to to be able to move forward and to continue to grow the program um, and our student athletes uh, as well as our staff. And uh, so that's some of the things we've been working through, getting ready to do our uh, end of the year meetings that have to do that a little bit different style via Zoom this year um and and really looking to you know setting some new goals working hard um and really coming together as a team uh this this time definitely makes you go i'll never take this kind of stuff for granted again um and really be appreciative of those of those little things that and the time that you get with each other
0: well, you mentioned moving into the Francis Allen practice facility. You, you've, over the last 60 days, you've experienced maybe the highs of highs and a really <laughs> low, 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 right? I mean, it's been right. the, the, the emotional and the great moment of having that thing open. And then your team was so excited to get in there and see their new locker room to, to the yeah. end of the season. That's That's quite a, trans, that's quite a transition.
3: Yeah, it was definitely uh, a really great moment to uh, be able to show them. I mean, I had been seeing the process through all, you know, the every little step and, and knowing kind of what things were going to look like and seeing as, as it was all delivered and set up. But they just got to be able to walk in and, and see everything finished and um, to see the you know, their locker room and their lounge space and, and the training um, apparatuses and everything was brand new. And, and you know, the branding on, on the equipment was um, really cool. And it just was a very cool moment to see. Uh, and, I, you know, I think they thought we were gonna move in at the beginning of season or right before season. And it, it took a little bit longer to finish the project. Um, so you know, the seniors got to be able to, to move in and, and got to use it for a couple weeks and then everything kind of got cut short. So you go from this this high of yes, we finally made it and <laughs> the excitement of being able to use all that brand new equipment and, and the efficiency of practices and just the the cool little technical things that we have, um, from the video cameras to the sound system to um, utilizing all those all those spaces and those things um, make it a lot more fun atmosphere to be in. And then to just be done, and um, and and to look at you know their faces and have to tell them that that season's over. Um, it, it was it was definitely a difficult moment. Um, I I was able to do it in person, which which I think was was good. So I got to at least be able to say um, and and hug them uh, goodbye and uh you know i think we're right now in a time of uncertainty and and not sure you know how long is this going to last but um but i know my returners are committed to you know honoring the seniors legacies um and, and what they brought to the program and continuing to uh you know build and be able to move forward
0: and we're visiting with heather brinkhusker women's gymnastics coach here on sports nightly two-part question coach what what kind of communication are you having now with your team and what are you and the staff been doing
3: yeah, we've, uh, the staff has been doing a lot of recruiting and, and kind of getting processes in place and working on um, developing new ways to be able to communicate with recruits uh, within the NCAA rules, of course, um, and, and um, you know, getting pictures of the new facility and, and putting together recruiting material in, in that sense. Um, we're, the, the team, we, they did a Zoom meeting uh about a week ago got to be able to see everybody and kind of catch up uh we have one athlete who's from from italy clara uh who's back home so all the girls got to be on on uh zoom and and see her and kind of catch up uh which was pretty cool i've been trying to stay in contact with each of the athletes uh individually Uh, i try to at least touch base with a couple of them every day you know let them know i'm thinking of them that i miss them um and and just really kind of keep them you know, motivated and, and focused on, um, you know, what's next, what comes next and, and how do we continue to build on what we uh, achieved this year and, and making next season even better. And, and how do we appreciate the things that, that we have from the new facility to the time, to being around each other um, and use those to, to make us better. Um, like I said before, get ready to do our end of the year meetings. So those are all on Zoom, which is which will provide a a different tactic of doing things. I think Zoom is is kind of the way to go with connecting a large group of people.
0: It's a term we're all familiar with now. We probably didn't know what the heck it was 30 days ago. We all know what Zoom is now. (laughs) Um, What about nutrition for the athletes? Are they being talked to about that? Their strength and conditioning? Are they trying to keep up with what they can do there? And then academics, How, how is that all mixing together with your athletes?
3: Absolutely. Well, our, um, nutritional staff has done an excellent job, um, at providing and continuing to be resourceful in the way that we're doing it. Um, nutritional, uh, values for our student athletes. And, and right now the students are, are, uh, most of my athletes that are on campus are participating in it. Uh, they're, they're doing the drive-through, uh, where they're picking up their food to go. They're getting, you know, multiple meals at one time so they can, take it home and have the nutritional needs that they need to uh stay healthy and and make good choices um in this you know in this time of uncertainty and and not being able to work out like they normally do Um, a lot of my athletes are um you know coming up and being creative with with ways to stay active uh, one, of the, one of them uh, texted me the other day and said she's gonna become a marathon runner because she ran one, <laughs> one mile without stopping. So uh, <laughs> um, gymnasts aren't known for, for long distance running, but, uh, but either way, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them for staying motivated and, and um, you know, finding those ways to stay active. But I know they're chomping at the bit. They're chomping at the bit to get back in the gym and, and, and really get going um, and be in their comfort zone uh academically they're all doing online courses um i try to touch base with them like i said you know every couple days and kind of see how they're doing with things um and uh i think they're all handling it well some of our kids did online uh, high school so it's not too much of a different structure uh if you know my my athletes they're all perfectionist type a personalities, so their time management skills are really good um so they're all staying on top of of their schoolwork and and i think adjusting to this new way of doing things um and, and really kind of um getting comfortable with it it's it's really just a matter of setting a schedule and, and getting down to staying on top of doing your work and and making sure it's done and turned in on time but they i i trust them all i'm sure they're doing great um and and so far so good
0: well, Coach, we appreciate the time and getting caught up with you. We're so sorry you didn't get to, to, to live that postseason dream. And we just can't wait to get back to normal and watch that team compete come next Absolutely. January back at the Devaney Center.
3: Thank you. We're really excited and uh, looking to prove ourselves for sure. So uh, ready to get busy.
0: Thanks. Appreciate it, Coach.
3: Yep, no problem, guys. Take care.
0: Time for us to dive into this weekend's winners. Ben, you want to lead us off? Yeah. Um,
1: you know, this kind of happened by accident. But, uh, you know, going back and thinking about my past weekend winners, uh, the last three, I've thanked some type of uh, worker that's that's continued to work. So I'm just going to make start making this a thing. Um, and I was thinking about this last night. Last Mondays are our trash days um, in our neighborhood, and just looking around at my neighbors and the amount of garbage that has accumulated uh, per week now has skyrocketed. And you know, with everybody being home and the amount of waste that we're putting out, huge shout out to the uh, to the to the sanitation workers who are driving those trucks around that have their workloads probably tripled or quadrupled. Um, so huge shout-out to you guys out there for your hard work um, in this tough time. So shout-out to you guys. Also, big shout-out, my, uh, my other weekend winner is my dishwasher. That thing is just getting an ultimate <laughs> workout. I have never washed this many dishes in my life. I've washed more dishes in the last three weeks than I have in my entire existence.
0: Um, so shout-out to that thing for making my life a little easier. Going back to the, the garbage comedy, everybody's cleaning out. Do, and I mentioned this on our top ten list last week. Cleaning out garages, cleaning out basements. You're going, I got all this time. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a day where I just had to I go do That's what everybody's doing. And good. It's You're at least being productive with your life with that. It's good. Yeah. Yep. Tim, all right uh my weekend winners got a few uh john krasinski of the office fame for getting the
1: cast of hamilton together the original cast to sing for a nine-year-old super fan on his web show that he created i believe with his wife as well called some good news i saw the first episode kind of cutesy stuff uh, and boy do we need some good news also uh one of my winners is uh, america's favorite team uh, the good guys of the sports world, the New England Patriots, yes, folks, for delivering <laughs> one million masks to Boston and New York City hospitals. Yeah. Yes, even sometimes the villains of the world can do good things. Can we confirm yeah. Bill Belichick helped on that or no? Did he
0: boycott? In some no, he way. Had a call. Uh, you know, Bill, Bill likes to pull the strings. Uh, no, Robert know. Kraft. That was all Robert Kraft, <laughs> I think, the owner. And you're right. That's a really well-done thing. That's really nice for the Patriots to go do that and bring some mass. I think they ended up taking, like, 300,000 to New York City alone just to get those hospitals yep. up and going. Yeah, I could not hate the Patriots for one day. That aside <laughs> that's for one that's day. really big
1: of you, Ben. Uh, also nice. weekend winner, uh, my mom,
0: who just celebrated her birthday. Actually, today it is her birthday. So happy Woo-hoo! birthday. Mom. Happy birthday. Fantastic. Timmy's mother. <laughs> (laughs) Great. Fantastic. All right, so I'm kind of in in the medical realm as well. His name is Alex Charlton. He's a 29-year-old who is currently a graduate assistant at Midwestern State for their football program, but he's also a licensed nurse, and he decided to walk away from his graduate assistant's career, put it on hold, and fly to New York to help out at Mount Sinai Hospital where they've certainly been hit hard with this coronavirus. That's the uh, epicenter in the world right now is New York City, so he puts his kind of football career, coaching career on hold. Uh, he has again a medical background and so he's flew to New York City. He's going to put in time until they don't need him any longer. So he's kind of given up the dream of coaching college football maybe for the short term to do some good for, for everybody. That's a cool good. story. Yeah, absolutely. They need all the help they can get. Pretty cool story. Alright, Top 10 Tuesday tomorrow night. Here's what we've come up with and we got to tip our cap to Austin. He came up with our topic for tomorrow night. We talked about it earlier in the program. The yes Yesterday was supposed to be Nebraska Day and ESPNU. Well, they cut it really short. They did one Husker football game and a UNO hockey game. So, we're going to come up with our own top 10 list of top 10 games that you would have put on for Nebraska Day tomorrow night. We can have some fun with that, right, boys? That'll be all right. Oh, yeah. We might be able to find 10. That'll be cool. What a good hour. Thanks again to Heather Brink, Husker women's gymnastics coach, for letting us kind of take a peek into what her last couple of weeks have been like for her student-athletes. And how much fun was that to hear part of that snippet of the conversation with the Cooks with Lauren Cook and John Cook. Thanks to Ben and to Tim for making this a fun hour here on Sports Nightly. Don't go away. More coming up.